Weddings, drug lords, shootouts, lovers, quarrels, the DEA, helicopters, parachutes, an airplane chase, the Florida Keys, all in the pre-title sequence that is begging to be decoded and licensed to kill. All right, Tom and Vicky are adjusting their decoding earbuds or earphones as I'm adjusting mine. All right, are we ready? Yep. Yep, let's go. All right, here's one reason to watch this entire movie. The cast is tremendous. Timothy Dalton in his second and final outing as Bond. Robert Davi, the superb villain. Benicio Del Toro as the chief henchman. Carrie Lowell as Bouvier. And Anthony Starkey as Truman Lodge. All fantastic. And then we have Wayne Newton. Okay. <laughs> I love Wayne Newton here. I mean, he had been trying to get into a Bond movie for years. And this was a perfect role for him. Yeah. Actually, I think that's true. He was pretty good. Oh, yeah, I love it. I love it when he grabbed the money bag at the end there. He says, oh, bless you. It's like he, he was actually he was good for that. Yep. <laughs> I liked it. All right, let's start off. The gun barrel sequence starts, and Dalton does one of the best jobs of any Bond turning and firing. I mean, I, I thought it was just perfection. So this is a good start. The gun barrel opens up on an AWACS plane flying high over a coast. What is AWACS? Yeah, AWACS is an airborne warning and control system, which is a long-range radar surveillance system and an onboard control center for air defense. It was developed by the U.S. Air Force. So now we're seeing this AWACS plane. Well, <laughs> that's a great opening shot. We're immediately drawn into this scene. What are they tracking and where are they? So... We see an inside shot of the control group as they are tracking a plane that's landing in the Florida Keys in the USA. And they're going to advise the Key West drug enforcement people. Whoa. All right. Now we're really intrigued, right? A great pre-title opening minute. This is terrific. All right. Now we see the plane they are tracking. It's a small jet landing on a runway strip of one of the Florida Keys, a small island. As we come to know, this is a drug lord named Sanchez from a Latin country landing here. So the DEA, the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency, is going to jump into action here. In reality, this is Sugarloaf Key, one of the many Florida Key Islands, and about a 30-minute or so drive from Key West, the most western key, where a lot of the filming will take place. Man, great start. Well it really is and you know we love visiting spy movie filming locations remember when we used to be able to do that yeah <laughs> dan, dan and i've been to all of the filming locations for license to kill in the florida keys yeah including us filming on the actual runway that sanchez lands on here in the pre-title sequence yeah and we interviewed the owner of the airport who told us the story of how they landed this small jet on a very short runway yeah many parts of this pre-title are filmed around the sugarloaf airport and most of the scenery is still there. Yeah. The house with the staircase that guy's sleeping on before he gets garroted, or yeah. the field where the field where the helicopter lands and Bond jumps behind that barrel, and the houses that are in background, including the ones on stilts yeah, that are there, the bushes that Sanchez jumps into. I mean, it's a great location because in 15 to 30 minutes at this site, you can take it all in. Yeah. And if you want to learn to skydive, there's a skydiving school there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, some of it's private property. You got to watch that kind of stuff. But we got some great films and some great videos on our YouTube channel on some of the places there in the Florida Keys that we visited. 
So this is kind of cool. All right. This was a fantastic location, and really, it was fun. So talking with Will, the owner, was awesome, like you mentioned, Tom. So here is our chat with Will. So, yeah, this is the, the, the runway behind us, which is only 2,700 feet long. Wow. Which is quite short. For a jet, that's For a short. jet, exactly. So what happened? So they had to figure out how to do that. And what, what, what we actually did is we cleared out this whole area to our left, and the jet was able to go down there. Uh, the jet was all the way down in Key West, put just enough fuel to fly up here, land, and go back. Oh, my God. Took as much weight out of this plane as possible. Had a great pilot flying it. He took one pass. The first time he wasn't too sure about it. Came back up. He had he had enough fuel for one more pass. And I came down nice and low. Started at the very end of the runway and took it all the way past the runway, right over to the houses over there. No crashes though, right? No crashes. So he did it one one take? One take. Oh if my you, god. If you watch the video at first, you think it's a touch and go, which is where you just yes, let the yes. wheels touch and then you take off, which isn't that hard to do because you don't have to slow the plane down. Right. Oh, but if you yeah, look right. in another scene, you'll see the plane sitting over here on the ramp. Okay. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, it was definitely a, a very technical landing and, and very interesting for for pilots to be able to see that yeah that's a great story all right thanks will you can check out the full podcast episodes by movie navigator visits license to kill filming locations in key west florida usa for that one where we cover all the other filming locations too that was episode number seven all right we actually hear one aboard the awac say awacs the key west and he is calling in this alert all right, now it's getting to be fun. We see an aerial shot of a two-lane bridge surrounded by water. There's a road from Miami, Florida, all the way to Key West that is built out over the water. It's pretty cool. So the road is like a floating island at times. And here, it's called Seven Mile Bridge. Yeah. Now, this is, this is Highway 1, which you can take north all the way to Jacksonville, Florida, or the whole east coast of the state of Florida. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It is. Fun drive. Yeah, now we see this limo, and inside we discover it's Felix Leiter, who's about to be married, Sharky, a good friend, and James Bond, who's there for the wedding. They're on their way to Felix Leiter's wedding in Key West. Do you know, it makes a change to see Bond on some downtime in a pre-title sequence rather than faking a death, blowing up a building <laughs> or a hangar. And we don't really have much weight to see Bond either. It's just a refreshing change. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I like how they, they start this this way, because like you say, you're not seeing him in action. Yeah, that's you're true. Seeing him being a person. Yeah. Right. Instead of just being the spy. He's on a holiday. And, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, the other part is, Dan, you mentioned that they're going to Key West for the wedding. Yeah. But they're driving the wrong way on Highway 1. Yes. So this is a bit of movie magic. <laughs> yeah. They're heading away from Key West. Yeah. Um, Dan, you and I drove on that very road and in that very spot, too. I mean, yes. again, we just love these filming locations that we can get to see today. Yeah. And if you're down in that area of Florida, it's really easy to get to these places. Okay, so on to the wedding. Yeah. Oh, no, not just yet. Here comes a helicopter buzzing along the limo, and they want Leiter to follow them. Mm. They are Leiter's partners in the DEA. They land at what is now in reality, where the old Seven Mile Bridge and the new Seven Mile Bridge merge. Yep, with the, uh, Dan and Tom went there too, yep. where the helicopter landed. Yep. The best shot is what makes da Robert Darvey so special as a villain, one of the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, one other thing about this is this merge is right at Marathon, Florida. So if you're looking on the map trying to find it, 
you can see that uh, easily there. The other comment I wanted to make about this is, Vicki, you said they want Lighter to follow them and they're Lighter's partners in the DEA. I thought Lighter was CIA. So why is CIA and DEA? Because this is definitely just a DEA bust. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they're working together for some reason. Yeah, and yeah, I guess, yeah. you know, CIA does get involved in international stuff where the DEA usually is kind of hanging, I think the U.S., but monitoring stuff, I think. So now we're going to see Robert Davi, who, to me, he's my favorite all-time villain. And we got to get you, Robert Davi, on the show because that would be a thrill. You're the best. You have the okay, couple of Italian guys in Chicago or break here. <laughs> he said that once when he got his part. All right. Yeah, so <laughs> so we're going to see why we like Davi right yeah. away here. Yeah, we there, are. There's this house with a flight of steps going up. Sanchez got a tip that his girlfriend was there with her lover, so he flew in to take care of business. Mm-hmm. We see the one of the goons, Garrett, the guy to death, sitting on the steps, clearing the way for Sanchez to go up. And then mm-hmm. we get classic Sanchez. Yeah, I mean, the guy is ruthless and totally believable. That's how good Robert Davi is in this thing. You just believe he's Sanchez. You don't think this guy's acting at all. I mean, this guy is good. Terrific. Awesome. By the way, we visited that house, too. And it's right near the airport runway, not far. And we have a video of that on our YouTube channel. This was a thrill to see this house because this is one of the greatest shots in the entire pre-title sequence coming up. Wow. Yeah, and you know what the cool thing about it is it, it still looks very, very similar. It, it is private property, as you mentioned. Now you pass this house as you're driving in and out of the airport. You actually you drive right past it and you turn on the road where you see the Jeep a little bit later in the pre-title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you've passed this house when you go to the airport. You might miss it on your way in. You won't miss it on your way out. Yeah, on the way in, it says private property, do not enter. Go to the airport, and you could kind of walk around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We did. <laughs> All right, so anyways, they, they cut back to this helicopter, and they let Lighter know what's going on. Lighter decides to pursue Sanchez, even though he's supposed to be going to get married. Yeah. I mean, now that's dedication. Yeah. That's good. And stupidity. <laughs> yes, and, and, and Bond goes with Felix, but Sharky has to go to Key West and tell Della, the bride-to-be, yeah. that Lighter will be late. <laughs> and I, I love how he says, why me? Yeah. Sharky is a great character. Sort yeah. of a modern-day quarrel from Dr. No, and he's brilliantly played by Frank McRae. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely no, perfect. Ma- yeah, and, and McRae played American football for the Chicago Bears in 1967. And the other agent that's with him, the taller one, was played by Olympic gold and silver decathlete Rafer Johnson. Now, this was an era when sports figures other than wrestlers switched to acting when their sports careers were over. Mm. It was fairly common to see football players take on these type of roles. And, again, it's pretty neat to see that here in this scene. That mm. You've got an Olympic gold medalist and a guy who played for the Bears in 67, yeah. uh, both in this scene. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, I. this is one of my favorite scenes. I love when Sanchez enters the room. He goes up the steps after his goon kills the guy on the steps. He finds his girlfriend, Lupe, in bed with a guy. And he fires a couple of shots as the lover is reaching for something, maybe a gun. We couldn't see it for sure. To scare the hell out of them. 
<laughs> Dario is with yeah. Sanchez and another guy. Dario, wow, this guy is evil, evil, evil. I mean, yeah. Benicio Del Toro. I love that. Magnificent. Yeah. This guy, I'd be afraid of him today. And we want to get him on the show, too. He's a, He was awesome. Just terrific. One of the best lines defining how evil and villainous Sanchez is. He says to Lupe about the lover, what did he promise you? His heart? Then he looks at Dario as the other guy, Braun, is holding the lover. And Dario's got a knife. And Sanchez kind of looks at him and says, give her his heart. <laughs> it's like, oh. And Dario flips out this huge knife like a stiletto or something and Whoa, does he look evil? He looks like, oh, I'm going to like doing this. <laughs> and then Sanchez whips Lupe with a leather whip across the lower back or butt. We can't really see. Though later in the movie, we do see some scars. You know, you said it's a leather whip. It kind of looked like a lizard tail to me. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I'm not into that kind of stuff, so I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what it is, Tom, but okay. Man, I thought you were. <laughs> we'll go with Tom's lizard whip thing then. Woo! All right. Uh, really, this is an evil guy. Woo! John Cork did a documentary called Inside License to Kill, a documentary, and in it, Robert Dovey discussed this scene. He was surprised with how much mail he received from people who um, really enjoyed this whipping. He <laughs> says, you don't think of the kinky aspects of society. I guess each to their own. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. John Cork's a great guy, by the way. And uh, we're always in contact with John. He's a terrific fella. And he's written three books on James Bond, co-authored them. Great. Sharky. So, so they wrote this scene thinking, okay, he's going to be evil. And yeah. there's some people in and the people audience. people are going, oh, this is cool. enjoying it. <laughs> Sharky's trying to figure out what the hell to tell Della at the church. You know, he's got to go back, her, back there and tell her, well, he's not here. He pokes his head into the limo saying that Felix is still not here. And the uncle sitting next to Della is clairvoyant when he says, I told you this was a mistake. <laughs> now, I always just assumed that was Della's father, but he's her uncle in the credits. And it's like, I always thought, I just assumed it was her father, really. So the key, the key dialogue lines like this in this pre-title really tell the story. So there's lines thrown throughout the pre-title that just really define the rest of the movie. Sanchez, give her his heart, and now this, saying... Yeah, and one thing that I like about this is that this uncle and his, I told you this was a mistake, mm -hmm. and he ends up being prescient with that. And then you look at what happened in Her Majesty's Secret Service. You look at how in Mission Impossible they had to disband their marriage for her safety. Mm -hmm. um, this whole, this whole uh, spies getting married thing is just not a good idea. No. Mm. no. It doesn't work out too well for him. Now, there's a great shot now of the helicopter approaching the runway area at the small airport. And Sanchez and his crew and Lupe are coming down the stairs and getting into the Jeep as they see the helicopter and they heard the helicopter. Just some great camera shots here and some great camera work. The helicopter swoops around ready to land on what looks to be the runway. And Sanchez sees what's happening and he leaps out of the Jeep to make his own escape. Now, as they exit the helicopter, Felix says to his team, I want Sanchez alive, 
which explains how they will proceed and why we just don't see them blowing him away. Another important piece of dialogue here, because I always thought, just shoot the hell out of him and kill him, right? No. Well, come on, that's not the James Bond way. You never just shoot him. <laughs> he but wants the, not yep. just alive. He's got to be here for the rest of the movie. The DA team captures the jet and two of Sanchez's guys. But Sanchez is too clever. He's not going to escape with the jet. Meanwhile, the guys in the Jeep with Lupe start firing at the DEA guards at the jet and at Bond, who is waiting at the helicopter, as per Felix directives. Mm-hmm. But now, Bond is engaged in the fight. Yeah, we figured he would be. <laughs> Vicky, you just said that Bond's waiting in the helicopter due to Felix's instructions, right? Felix a couple times calls him an observer. You're only here for observation. Yeah. Because you're not, you know, you're not a U.S. government agent. We can't have you yep. doing anything here. But what really cracked me up was that they, they shot this scene with Bond sitting there with his hat in his lap. Yeah. And somebody shoots a Bond and hits the hat. Yep. <laughs> now, the bullet goes into the hat. There's not an exit hole on the other side of the hat, <laughs> nor is there a hole in Bond. Now, with the angle that that took, it would have either hit his abdomen or his arm, and I'm not sure which, but there's only the one bullet hole in this thing, which kind of was weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't think we ever saw the other side of the hat. Oh, yeah, you actually do. You do? You, you, yeah, you do. And there's no bullet hole there. I don't remember and, that. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, it's a single you, bullet theory. You know, yeah, there's you probably see, an explanation. You can't see it. <laughs> yeah, so now, one thing is we have talked about lack of continuity in James Bond movies, but here they actually do get something right with continuity. We see that hat again at the church for the yeah. wedding, and it does have a bullet mm. hole in it. Yeah, I like that. That was nice. All right. Now, as, as I mentioned earlier, all of this action is taking place in a very small area of the airport and the buildings and fields surrounding it. And if you go there now, it looks very much the same. It does. I mean, it was a great location find. We got to see everything there. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah, very close. A lot of bullets are being fired here by both sides, and no person, just things, get hit. It's another gang that just couldn't shoot straight. (laughs) The helicopter takes off chasing the Jeep, and Bond wants the helicopter land in the field where the homes on stilts are. Yeah, Yeah, they're not all on stilts, but those homes are still there. Yeah, they are, and they look exactly like in the movie. Terrific. Mm -hmm. The jeep eventually crashes into a boat and other debris in the field, and the goons run off, leaving Lupe. Yeah, so Bond hits something important, enough to make the jeep crash, apparently. So there's something that got hit, so that's good. So Bond's bullet apparently did something. The two guys run off. Felix and the DEA team are running. Again, nice camera work, cool shots from eye level here, which is kind of neat. And then they see a Cessna start up and start to take off. It's Sanchez in that plane, escaping and casually, and I love this, kind of saluting goodbye to Felix and the DEA guys <laughs> and the Bond as he snaps his left hand from his forehead to the air. Eh, cocky son of a bitch, <laughs> really. And, and resourceful, of course. And, and I think this is probably my favorite shot in the movie. There are a few others that I really like, but this one, I just love it. The it really gives us an idea of Sanchez's personality. Absolutely. You know, he salutes them instead of flipping them off, yeah. which I just, it just cracked me up. And the other thing here that shows part of what Sanchez is all about is he's escaping on his own. 
He left everyone else behind there, his entire team. <laughs> that's, that's how tough this guy is. He takes off, and there's a great shot from above looking down the runway as Sanchez's plane is approaching the camera. It's a great shot. The very runway we stood on there, Tom, and we see the helicopter in the background down the runway, now in pursuit, and the stilted homes and the water, beautiful water on the right, looks the same today as it did then. Beautiful. Now, since the Keys are very close to Cuba, like 90 miles, 145 kilometers away, Sanchez, as Leiter says, could be in Cuban airspace in 20 minutes. The Cessna 172, which is the plane he's flying, has a top speed of 188 miles an hour, so it looks like Sanchez could fly about maybe 63 miles total. Total of 20 minutes. There, Tom, I did something you do all the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you, you did it wrong, Dan. <laughs> right? Because Why? we know, the, the audience member doesn't, but we know he's flying from Sugarloaf Key, not Key West. Yeah, that's remember even further. That, that 90 miles you mentioned is from the tip of Key West. Yeah. The airspace, which is, what, 12 miles out. So from the Key West airport, it's 107 miles to the closest airport in Cuba. It's 111 miles from the Sugarloaf Airport. Now, he doesn't start and land at this top speed you're talking about. Yeah. So let's say he averages 150 miles an hour, which is still being generous, which would mean that this flight would take 44 minutes. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. You knew I had to look it up. All right, so Felix was a little off, but he was just guessing. I mean, come on. <laughs> Making a quick calculation, not doing the research Tom just did. All right. <laughs> Let's get back to the pre-title sequence. <laughs> Bond is not giving up on Sanchez, and he says, let's go fishing, which is another great line of dialogue that now defines a tremendous stunt in License to Kill. Bond hooking the tail of Sanchez's Cessna with a hook as he lowers himself to attach it to the tail of the plane. This is a great scene, tremendously photographed. I don't know, and maybe the first time we have seen this stunt in a movie, is it? I'm not sure, but I, yeah, I think I've it looked, is. I, I haven't found any movies. Vicky, are you aware of any movies prior no, to this that had a scene? I haven't. No, okay. Yeah. So, no, and none of the interesting thing was none of the documentaries I watched on this said it was the first, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of times they do. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not yeah. positive now that John Cork documentary that Vicky mentioned earlier in that they discuss how this scene was filmed and I don't want to give away any of the movie magic here it's just such a cool scene yeah 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 but surprisingly I know this is going to shock you some of those shots are of Timothy Dalton and some are of his stunt double yeah Yeah. (laughs) so Dalton really liked to do his own stunts he did but Cubby was pretty protective of his stars and Dalton says in the documentary if you believe it's me it's me if you can see it's me, it's me. <laughs> that pretty much defines it. <laughs> yeah. Because well, that, I mean, that's like when, Dan, you and I talk about the fact that when a stuntman is portraying Bond, that stuntman is James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's the character, not the actor. Right? Yeah. So now Jake Lombard, who is one of the stuntmen in this, he did the in-air dropping from the helicopter yeah. and grabbing of the plane. And he talked about some of the dangers of the stunt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he said a person's weight on the tail it's way behind the center of gravity. Mm. So it'll stall the plane out almost immediately. So you have to just get on and off. So that gives you a little bit of a clue how, how they That's filmed scary. this. Yeah. And so now for me, I thought it was really cool to watch how they did it. 
But if you want to see how they did it without me giving anything away, yeah, yeah. Uh, take a look at the documentary. Yeah. Now, one more thing, not surprisingly, the plane you see hanging off the tether from the helicopter is not the one that Sanchez was in. Again, a little more movie magic. Ah, different tail number or what? No, it just uh, it was it was a model plane. Okay, <laughs> okay, all right. I will say that this scene did influence the scene in The Dark Knight Rises. If you search Yahoo for Bane airplane scene, and you'll see what I mean. It isn't identical, but it is very close. And we know that Christopher Nolan's favourite Bond was Timothy Dalton and the Bond movies Thunderball on Her Majesty's Secret Service and The Spy Who Loved Me also influenced Nolan's movies. There you go. All right, so now we remember the other important piece of dialogue we mentioned earlier, Felix saying, I want Sanchez alive, which is why they are not just shooting Sanchez's plane out of the air, but must go to this extreme to capture him. The camera work on this entire stunt is spectacular. Some of the best of any Bond pre-title sequences, stunning long shots of Bond lowering himself to the plane, close-ups, Sanchez's face when he realizes what's going on here, a very cool shot from the view from inside the helicopter down to Bond and the plane, just a perfect mix of shots that makes this scene exciting, very exciting. Bond is bold. The hook was attached to his, his backpack slash parachute, I guess, when lowered. So Bond could not get back into the helicopter until unless he climbed the line. So no, that wasn't, wasn't going to happen. Huh? You could have pulled him up. I mean, on what? Tethered. Pulled him up on what? The that plane, line was, was, the line attached, was attached to the, to the plane. There's probably, a winch in, there's probably a winch associated with it. And, in fact, he does not ever get back in the plane. <laughs> and huh, That's true. Wouldn't the propeller and plane still trying to fly now nose down because the helicopter has pulled up on the line, hooking the tail, so the nose of the plane is down? Wouldn't that be pulling the helicopter down too? I don't know. I don't know all the aerodynamics here, but it seems like, wow, this is tricky, and <laughs> and maybe more movie magic here. All right. Yeah, and when, when Bond gets on the tail, it would have, push the nose up yeah like you're saying it's stalling yeah. Hey. Yeah. yeah we see a nice aerial aerial shot of the church below so we assume the helicopter is now over key west and directly over the church where the wedding will take place so maybe i think this is sanchez's view from the nose down plane mm-hmm. that he's flying right i so i never thought that before but i thought now i'm looking at it and i'm thinking man that i bet that's his, his view And the church, by the way, is St. Mary's Star of the Sea, which is now a basilica, and it's beautiful. We have a video of us there, right there, where Bond and Leiter are about to parachute into. And we see Bond standing on the tail of the plane and Leiter with both hats in the helicopter about to parachute down to this church. And, And we were there. Beautiful, beautiful area. The attendees of the wedding are looking and pointing up, just so... We know for sure that the helicopter is above the church in case we missed that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, up there. If you pay attention, you'll notice that the helicopter, as they are looking up and reacting, is pretty low. You can tell by its relationship to the steeple and so on. But then, (laughs) when they parachute out, it's much, much higher. 
<laughs> to allow, obviously, the parachute is some room here. So take a look at that. And you notice it. It's like, I was oh, just okay. complimenting the continuity, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, you got to do you got to do things like that, though. It's But it's fun. But when you notice it, you go, oh, okay. All right. A terrific camera shot of Lighter leaping out of the helicopter and then Bond leaping off the tail of the plane about when Lighter is even with him. I mean, they went, they want to land at the same time for effect, right? So, well, then he had to jump off earlier because Lighter would have been falling down. He had to catch, you know, that wouldn't. I don't know exactly the aerodynamics of that, but that's how they did it. And and son of a gun, they do land kind of together, which is, (laughs) which is amazing. I mean, especially since we, we saw, we saw the area and it's a pretty small area. So, all right. More great camera work as the shoots open and Della, Sharky and the others below are smiling and waving. It's like, Oh, this is going to work out real nice. Do you know, I, I love how the wedding crowd think this is all for effect. A dramatic entrance, <laughs> all planned, and loads of extras or supporting artists, as they're now referred to from all over Key West, were drafted in to add to the lavish marriage sequence. Yeah, yeah. The close-up of Della's uncle, who has said, I told you this was a mistake, is still not looking all that happy. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> oh, he actually showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. Now that we're all here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they both land right in front of the church to a cheering and smiling crowd. Mm-hmm. And we stood, again, Tom and I stood right on those spots where they landed. Very, very fun to be there. In one of the takes, David Hedison, who plays Felix Lighter, got injured as the crane operator took him in too fast. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so trying to do a little movie magic like he came in on the parachute, huh? Oops. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Dan, you mentioned that this area is pretty small that they landed in. And when, when we were there, we kept looking at how small the opening was. Now, And I kept saying, but there's these power lines. Well, they removed the power lines when they shot this. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the church... Imagine yourself trying to land there after jumping, you know, into the sky out of a helicopter or off of a plane. It is really quite impressive that they that these parachutists were able to do this. Now, yeah. I'll also say that the trees are going to be a little bit not as tall yeah. then, but still, they're pretty tall trees. So yeah. Yeah. it's pretty cool how they did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a great place, great shot. Uh, yeah, the FAA insisted that the flight path had to be cleared for safety reasons. And as Tom mentioned, power lines were removed, electricity turned off, and roads closed. B.J. Worth was the stunt coordinator on this film and has worked on many other Bond films in the past. He mentions in the book The Making of License to Kill by Sally Hibbing, published by Salem House, that this stunt is totally unnerving as there was no alternative landing spots. That would be unnerving. Yeah, and if you look at how small that area is, if you don't land in that little square, you're going to have a problem. Yeah. Emily. The priest comes out, and this was the real priest, they say, of the parish. And they enter the church for the wedding. So, hey, everything's good. So, yeah, Dan, and this is where this nice continuity that I mentioned before, <laughs> this is where Bond's hat, which was shot in the shootout, still has its hole in it. Yeah, I love it. And Felix hands him the top hat, and you see the hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then a camera lens focuses a circle on them and during the church, and the credits start to roll. Yeah. Now, I don't know, but this may be a big stretch. When the credits start, that camera's brand is Olympus. Yeah. It's a real brand. They yes. make good cameras. Is that a nod to the Olympitech Meditation Institute? We'll see later in the movie that they used an Olympus camera instead of a Nikon or a Canon. Hmm. No, 
I haven't seen anything on that. Or it did just, Olympus pay them a lot of money? Yeah, well, it could have just been product placement. But when I saw that, am I, I'm like, oh, that can't be just be a coincidence, can it? <laughs> there aren't too many coincidences with product placement and that kind of stuff in Bond movies. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. All right. And I, I like the title sequence. Timothy Dalton as Bond moved very well with a gun. Just a natural movement. And he's silhouetted here, along well, he's, with silhouetted. He's a classically trained actor, right? I mean, the, the but I mean, he's, he's, he moves better than some of the other Bonds. Well, yeah, it's with part guns. of that's because I think of his the other Bonds weren't classically trained like he was. Well, I yeah, I, I guess he he was was he Shakespearean? I think he was. Yes. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. He's 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 terrific, and he's along with other silhouetted naked women spinning around poker chips on a table. I actually own a couple of the chips that were made for the movie. I don't know if they were the ones that were actually on the table or not. And they go a little beyond naked silhouettes as they have flesh-colored women spinning around. And you can see, albeit blurred out a little bit, certain parts of the female anatomy. I, that's Which all I'm ones, say. Dan? That's all, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Of course, there's some guns popping and smoke puffing out of the barrels towards more women turning into white silhouettes while the title song, License to Kill, is playing, sung by Gladys Knight. And I believe at the same time, and it still may be, the longest James Bond song ever, I think. Is this yes, still? it had to be edited down for the opening sequence. Uh, wow, yeah. <laughs> and oddly enough, neither the song title nor the song artist singing it is mentioned at all in the title sequence. When I noticed this, I went back and se- checked it several times. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, you know, you're right. Uh, yeah, her name's not mentioned in the credits. And it had me thinking, and I went back through all 27 James Bond movies to see if other Bond movies don't mention the group or singer in the title sequence. So in Dr. No, Byron Lee and the Dragonaires aren't mentioned, and it's the only Eon Productions James Bond movie where the person singing the song in the title sequence doesn't get credit okay. in the title sequence other than here yeah. with Gladys Knight. Mm-hmm. Now in Dr. No, there is a credit that says James Bond theme played by John Barry and his orchestra. However, we have to remember that three blind mice starts in the title sequence and that's Byron Lee and his band and they weren't credited. Yeah. 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 Now from Russia with love had no lyrics and Lionel Bart was credited in the title sequence for writing the song, but there was no, there was no yeah, yeah. singing it. So there would be none. Similarly, the 1967 version of Casino Royale had no words in its title sequence. That was the theme that was played by Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. Yes. Now, here's a fun fact for tri- for a trivia quiz someday. <laughs> I'm going to say this here on this podcast episode. Dan, we must put this in a trivia quiz someday. All right. <laughs> Herb Alpert's current wife, Lonnie Hall, sang the theme song to Never Say Never Again and wasn't credited in the title sequence. So Herb Alpert was in a non-Eon production version of Casino Royale. Lonnie Hall was in a non-Eon production, James Bond, would never say never again in the singing of the title sequence. All right. But then all other Eon productions, James Bond movies, credited the singer of the band for the title song, except for some reason Gladys Knight here in License to Kill. It is weird. So... Again, for a trivia question, who are the only three people or groups not credited for singing the title song <laughs> in the James Bond movie? Byron Lee and the Dragoneers, Lonnie Hall and Never Say Never Again, and Gladys mm-hmm. Knight for License to Kill. 
Yeah. It's a great theme, I think, one that gets overlooked a lot. And I think Gladys Knight did a great job, certainly in my top 10 of Bond songs. And at the time in the UK, it peaked at number six on our singles charts. But that being said, though, the movie itself is generally one of the blandest soundtracks on a whole. And you can tell that John Barry was missing from proceedings due to illness. Mm-hmm. Even the opening gun barrel, the music's a little bit different. Yes. Yeah. Took me back when I was listening to it. Yeah. And it ends with the same camera lens focusing the circle on the Coast Guard station where we will see Sanchez is being interrogated. But note, the Cessna plane that Sanchez tried to escape in is nose down against the building on the right among the boats. This is cool and easily missed because the camera pans back to the armored vehicle that's arriving. So it's, it's easy to miss this, but there's a great touch that the plane that they captured is nose down in that lot with the boats. Very cool. Well, it's not, it's not just, it's against that building and that, that building is there still today. Yeah. Yeah. It was a coast guard. I think it is the yeah. coast guard facility. And so I mean, that, the building is still there and you can see where they had that thing leaning up. All right. A great pre-title sequence decoded to one of the top bond movies ever made license to kill. So that's a wrap. All right. Thanks for joining us. This has been Dan Silvestri. Tom Pizzotto. And Vicky Hodges. Of SpyMovieNavigator.com and our show, Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. Tell your friends about our show. Subscribe to it right now on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it.